0: Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. Rudy
2: Maxa. Welcome aboard. I am indeed Rudy Maxa, AKA the Savvy Traveler, and I'm delighted to have you join me for this first hour of talking travel. In a few minutes, we're going to talk with our pilot in residence, Patrick Smith. Well, he's not exactly in residence today. We're going to reach him in Ghana, but he has the most interesting take on that hard landing of the Asiana plane last uh, weekend. On Friday night, we learned the tragic news that a third person who was on that plane died in hospital. Then, an aviation safety expert, Dr. Todd Curtis, will be here to discuss why so many passengers survived what looked like a huge disaster when news networks began broadcasting video of the plane on fire. On a lighter note, hotels are going butler crazy by promising butlers for all kinds of non traditional services, and travel journalist Devin Antonetti describes some of the stranger offerings. Plus, I'll take a question from a listener in Hawaii in about two minutes and serve up some hot travel deals of the week. Let's kick off the show with a quick look at this week's news and travel. The death toll of that crash of that Friday evening rush hour intercity passenger train headed to Limoges in France stands at 6 as I broadcast live on Saturday morning at 10:08 a.m. Eastern Time the 13th of July. About 350 passengers were aboard when the train reportedly jumped the tracks and smashed into a commuter rail terminal about 20 miles south of Paris. The cause of the crash, according to the state rail company today, Saturday, was a metal bar that had become detached and that had connected two rails. Then, of course, there was the botched landing of that Asiana Boeing 777 at San Francisco's airport just hours after I wrapped up the live broadcast of last weekend's show. As I just mentioned, to him, my guests this hour will be discussing that. But it was a crash of an air taxi in Alaska the next day that resulted in the most casualties in the U.S., aviation-wise anyway. Ten people were killed as the fixed-wing de Havilland Otter air taxi took off from Soldotna Airport in Soldotna, Alaska. I may be mispronouncing it. It's S-O-L-D-O-T-N-A, Soldotna. Investigators are looking into a possible engine stall and cargo weight as possible reasons the plane crashed. On Friday morning, then, both runways at London's Heathrow Airport were shut down for more than an hour following a fire on an empty Boeing 787 Dreamliner that was parked at the airport. The new plane, that new plane, of course, was grounded three months ago until recently due to battery fires. The plane parked at Heathrow is operated by Ethiopian Airlines, and the cause of the fire as of Saturday morning is still under investigation. And as if that wasn't bad enough, uh, news for one day for the 787. Another Dreamliner en route from U.K. to New York on Friday returned to Manchester Airport in the U.K. following an unexplained or uh, undetected, so far, technical issue. That 787 belonged to a U.K. tour company called Thompson Airways. News reports in India say hotels are going to be in charging foreign customers in U.S. dollars because of a depreciating rupee. The local currency has fallen about 13 percent against the dollar since May. Six years ago, when the situation was the opposite, hotel chains in India switched to charging foreign guests in rupees just as they charge domestic guests. I got a call the other day from John. He lives on the island of Maui in Hawaii. Good for John. He had a question for me. John, welcome to the show. What's your question?
3: Hi. I was born in Taiwan and I've never been back and I'm just curious what's it like over there
2: well actually I've, I've been to Taiwan I spent a week there doing a, a bunch of articles it's a fabulous place to visit and I think it's really underappreciated by uh, Americans you know it is served by United and EVA air which is the Taiwanese airline continental US Airways but from Hawaii now you've got Hawaiian has just started a nonstop stop flight from Honolulu to uh, Taipei the capital of Taiwan it's about it's a small island, it's 14,000 square miles, got about 23 million people, but two-thirds of the island is really mountainous. Uh, if you imagine a a giant standing in the Pacific Ocean with a big axe and smashing it down the middle of the island, uh, there's all, there are all these mountains with boulders of marble. You'll see them in a place called uh, uh, Taroko Gorge that's there. But you're going to fly into Taiwan, I would spend a couple of days there. Until recently, the world's largest, uh, tallest building was there. It's called Taipei 101. It's 101 floors, and you can go up 96 of them in less than a minute on its elevator. Great food, great mineral spring baths, great tea houses, a lot of Buddhist temples and incense smoke. Now, this is a very modern country, but, you know, it is undiscovered by Americans. I think you're going to uh, uh, love it. You can go down to the—I mean, the greatest. they say the greatest Chinese food is in Taiwan as opposed to mainland China. Uh, the Shilin oh, wow. Night Market uh, has oyster omelets and braised to- tofu. It's a great place to walk around at night. Go to Snake Alley, which was, uh, there's uh, a lot less snake and sin than there once was there, but you can get great, you know, for a couple bucks, you can get great feet re- reflexology. And then you can take the bullet train at about 186 miles oh, okay. like, an hour down the, the West Coast, which is the most heavily populated coast. But it's also a very spiritual country because it's, Taiwanese culture is a mix of Confucianism and Taoism and Buddhism. I think you'll find it a fascinating trip. How old were you when you left Taiwan?
3: I was just a baby when I left. I, I don't know it at all. I, I'm thinking about going back and just seeing what it's like.
2: I think it's great. There is. I did not go all the way to the southern part of the island, but it's a beach resort there. And I've never been there, so I'd love to hear from you if you go there. I'd suggest you pick up a guidebook or, you know, just do some research on the web uh, to figure out what you want to do exactly. But you're going to fly into Taipei. i got to tell you, they've got one of the le- least impressive airports of any Asian city, so don't let that put you off, though. Uh, you can stay downtown in tai- Taipei and spend a couple of days there sort of, you know, getting over your jet lag and getting to know the city. And then figure out if you want to go down to the beach resort or want to go up into the mountains, at, again, at the Toroko Gorge. It's a part of the Toroko National Park. It's called, spelled T-A-R-O-K-O, excuse me, T-A-R-O-K-O. But, again, you'll find all this in any guidebook. The food there is great. You're going to love the food.
4: Ooh,
3: that sounds good.
2: Yeah, I, I would. Is
3: it real expensive to live there, be a visitor?
2: No, it is not an expensive country. And you know that U.S. dollar is really appreciated against foreign currencies, uh, uh, particularly Asian, some of the Asian currencies. Um, so, no, you're going to, you know, you will find, you know, you're in a big city like New York City, but you're not going to pay $400 a night for a hotel. You can find perfectly fine hotels for $150, $189 a night. But again, you'll find all that stuff on the web. I think if you just do a little research, you'll be well rewarded and you'll really, you know, it'll bring a lot more meaning to your life. The fact you were born there and to actually see it And feel it today. It's a very vibrant culture. You know, of course, they have a lot of high-tech industries. It's a prospering island. Um, uh, It's not quite as sleek as a Singapore or a Hong Kong or Shanghai, but uh, you know, you're gonna have all the modern conveniences, and they got better trains than we do.
3: Now, when you went there, how long was the flight to go there? Oh,
2: well, I flew. I flew from the East Coast. I'm trying to remember. I would say it's probably about from Hawaii. Well, that's another. You got five hours. You got ten hours on me. It's probably only ten or eleven hours I'm sorry, i 'm sorry don 't i don 't know because I flew from uh, the East Coast, but a lot shorter than it was good. for me yeah i think uh, i th- I think you 'll uh, really enjoy yourself. Have a great trip Thank you The most expensive car ever sold on auction took place at the Goodwood Festival of Speed auction in England this week. A 1954 Mercedes-Benz Formula One racer car sold for, when you include the auction fee, $29.6 million. Bidders on four continents vied to own the car that won two Grand Prixes and was retired from racing in 1955. The identity and nationality of the buyer is so far unknown. When we come back from a short break, I'll be joined by Patrick Smith, a commercial pilot who flies for a major U.S. carrier and who is our sort of go-to guy on all things involving commercial aviation. He has some interesting observations on that crash of the Asiana Triple Seven in San Francisco last week. We'll have another expert following him. So stick around. You're in Rudy Max's world where it's all travel all the time. Glad you are. Thanks for joining me this summer weekend. We'll be back after this break.
0: To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at
5: RudyMaxa.com ever wonder how you can travel like a rock star at a fraction of the cost truth is being lucky in travel takes a little research written by readers digest travel guard presents the smart spenders travel guide your resource to hundreds of tips from readers digest's popular travel articles learn what to pack how to avoid expensive travel mistakes and more Request a free copy of Smart Spender's Travel Guide at TravelGuard.com. We need your email address. All travel advice in this guide is provided by Reader's Digest and as such does not represent the views or opinions of TravelGuard. TravelGuard is a licensed provider of travel insurance and assistance service plans. Learn more at TravelGuard.com.
6: America, it's time to wake up to more value. Join America's Best Value Inns free value club. Not only will you get 15% off your next day, a room upgrade and late checkout when available, but you'll get access to hundreds of discounts for theme parks, movies, shopping, dining, and more. Register online at americasbestvaluein.com. With over 1,000 hotels in North America, it's time to wake up to more value only at America's Best Value Inn.
1: Attention men, if you're urinating more often, or waking at night to urinate, we want to send you a free bottle of Beta Prostate. Beta Prostate is our best-selling supplement, made with a natural ingredient that supports healthy urine flow and more complete bladder emptying. It's also been shown to reduce waking at night from the urge to urinate. To find out how to get your free bottle, just call 800-466-5523. Since Beta Prostate debuted, our warehouse has shipped over 2 million bottles, But there are still men who have yet to discover this amazing supplement. That's why for a limited time, you can try a full 30-day supply of beta prostate free. You only pay shipping and handling. This free beta prostate giveaway is only available while supplies last. And once it's gone, it's gone. Just call 800-466-5523. That's 800-466-5523. Call 800-466-5523.
0: To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World.
2: It's 18 minutes after the hour. This segment of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by Travel Guard, a leading provider of travel insurance plans. You can choose from several affordable and comprehensive plans at travelguard.com. Travel more and worry less. as you may have heard the announcer during the commercial break, note, if you go to my website, rudymaxa.com, you'll see a banner ad right on top of the home page that will give you a link to get a free uh, Reader's Digest book called uh, The Smart Spender's Travel Guide that Travel Guard will send you if you give me your email address. I guess it's an electronic book. I've got all kinds of advice on how to save money while traveling, uh, both with hotels and food, etc. Anyway, okay, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, our pilot in residence, uh, Patrick Smith, joins us. He's in uh, Ghana today, and he wrote a piece for his website, askthepilot.com, that was reprinted in in salon.com this week, giving a pilot's perspective of that crash of the Asiana Flight 214 that uh, uh, had a hard landing, to put it mildly, in San Francisco Airport right after we went off the air uh, from our live show uh, uh, last weekend. Patrick, welcome to the show. Nice to have you back. Hi, Rudy. Well, I, I certainly have said the same thing you said in, in your piece to, to friends that th- this was this was the first multiple fatality crash involving a major airline in North America since in, in 13 years. That is by itself an extraordinary statistic, and that and the number of survivors are are two big stories. Along, obviously, of course, with with the, with the accident.
3: Yeah, I, it's just under 12 years, actually. But either way, that's pretty remarkable. Um, it it, you know, it is more of a more of a crash landing than, than a crash, you know, as we as we tend to think of air crashes. Uh, and, you know, that's being semantic to some extent, but but you had the uh, one person killed, another person apparently killed by an emergency vehicle, and and you know, terrible as that is, we can't neglect to you know to emphasize this was very serious and 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 tragic, but. It was not uh, catastrophic. It was not the type of air crash that we used to see quite commonly, where we had uh, 200, 300, 400 people being killed at once. Um, I just want to. I know you're in
2: in Ghana, Patrick. I just want to mention that another uh, passenger did die overnight, uh, last night, in in hospital. But um, so, what what was your first thought? I know you weren't. What was your first thought when you turned on, you know, the news channels last Saturday and saw this plane on fire on the runway? At, I mean, did you have any idea what might have happened as a pilot? Uh,
3: no, not at all. And, and,
2: I'm sure a lot of you know, experts did. Things,
3: <laughs> well, no. Well, you know, uh, the worst thing you can do is, is begin to, to speculate too broadly in the immediate aftermath of an accident, because almost always, almost always, the, the earliest theories, the earliest ideas tend to tend to either be, if not totally wrong, then, then very incomplete. So, you know, I try to stand back and, and let the NTSB do its thing and try not to jump to conclusions. I will admit, at this point, based on what we know, it, it doesn't look good for the for the crew as far as this being a pilot error situation. Right. It is trending that way. It is shaping up that way, but uh, we can't be sure. It's it's still too early. And to back up just a sec, Rudy, to to finish my earlier point about the, you know this not being that that terrible sort of accident. Um, you know, we we've engineered away what what used to be the most common crashes causes of, of these horrible crashes we used to see quite. Quite frequently, and I I I don't want it to to sound perverse, but I I think at least in my mind this crash you know emphasizes to me and and underscores really just how safe commercial flying has become.
2: What have we engineered away? What were the most common uh, uh, causes of these crashes that had massive fatalities in the past?
3: Oh, uh, just off the top of my head, uh, wind shear related crashes. uh mid air collisions. You know, we have we have cockpit technology now that's that's much more advanced than it used to be. We also have uh well well, well there were three main things. Uh there was there was improved crew training, better uh cockpit te- technology and also collaborative efforts between uh, airlines and, and, and regulators and those three things together are what has brought us to, to the level of safety that we have now. Now ironically it's looking like uh you know maybe a breakdown in crew coordination um was part of what happened here but again we just don't know that yet.
2: Both pilots had a, a, experience on the 777. I gather one pilot though had not landed at SFO, is that uh, San Francisco Airport is that your understanding?
3: That's my understanding and and one of the pilots was undergoing uh, a sort of on the job training uh which we call uh, IOE initial operating experience and and now you have to be careful because the way the media presents that information, it 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 makes it it sounds alarming to people. What do you mean the pilot was in training? But it, right, it's right. a lot more complex than that. I mean, the, first of all, remember there were four pilots in the cockpit. Um, we keep hearing about the pilot, the pilot, the pilot. You know, there were there were four up there, and there were at least two at the controls. And I'm not actually clear as to which of the two who were at the controls was was physically flying the jet at that point right. the captain right. or the first officer. It's important to note that either of those two um would have been able to to correct for any deviations uh point out any deviations um in the in the approach and and either would have been in a position to initiate a a go-around, that is, break off the landing, abort the landing, and go around. They they should have done that. Apparently they did uh, initiate that maneuver, but too late. How they allowed themselves to get into that position and allowed things to deteriorate to the point where the go-around couldn't be initiated in time is is the million-dollar question here, especially with, with four sets of eyes watching the approach.
2: And I was going to say, the weather was apparently very clear. I mean, you do, I, I, I'm sure they've all done so many landings, you would think just looking at the ground, you'd go, oh, we're a little low here. I mean, that's, that's an so amateur's take on it.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I, we're hearing different things. Uh, you know, did the, did the challenges of, of the San Francisco airport play a role? Did cockpit automation play a role? Did pilot fatigue play a role? Uh, did just simple poor airmanship player role. I don't think any of these things alone is a smoking gun, but I think when when this is finally figured out and we look at the whole big chain of events, all the different factors that, that led to this, you know, each of those things, if not all of them may have on some level um have had a, a part to play.
2: Got a couple of minutes left with Patrick Smith. He's a commercial airline pilot for a major US airline. We're talking of course about the Asiana 777 crash in uh crash landing in san francisco last weekend uh, at some point patrick i know the national transportation safety board and you know I'm, uh, any number of other people are, have, are interviewing the pilots we are fortunate to have the pilots to be able to to recount what happened will those interviews become public at some point
3: um i, I believe they would when that happens uh, I, i'm not sure um the, the cockpit crew did survive the plane was relatively intact um, all of the information they need from the, the voice recorder and the data recorder is going to be there. I, I don't think, as long as these things tend to take, I think that uh, it's going to be difficult to figure out exactly what happened. And that's not the case in a lot of uh, sure. a lot of you know, worse crashes. So I think all of the answers are going to be there at some point. It's just a matter of when.
2: And you mentioned this this pilot in training. Is that a, a customary uh, routine on American carriers as well to have a pilot in training in, in, that situ- in, in, in that situation? I mean, is this was was this airline doing anything any differently than than a major U.S. airline?
3: No, no, not really. I mean, and pilots will transition from aircraft type to aircraft type all the time um and and you know specific air experience on a particular model airplane you know isn't isn't necessarily as important as your overall level of experience and and remember that that, that pilot was coming off of uh, he was in the you know basically um performing the, the the final touches i guess of of the overall training regimen and that would have included uh, several weeks of of training on the ground in 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 um you know, the classroom and then the cockpit uh, training devices, and of course the full motion simulators. So he is sure. by that point, um, the training is basically done. And give me
2: 45 seconds on the thing that appalled. the
3: end of all of that, you, 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 you will uh, fly in revenue service under the, the tutelage of a training captain. All
2: right, give um, me, th- we got 30 seconds left, Patrick. What's the one thing that appalled you the most It had to do with the people evacuating?
3: Yeah, the pictures seconds. of people evacuating with the, with their carry-ons. Uh, you know, there may have been some extenuating circumstances where, where stuff had fallen from the bins and whatever, and people were kind of clearing the way by, by taking their stuff. But generally, uh, it's a terrible idea. To evacuate with your carry-ons. You're endangering not only your own safety, but the safety of, of the people behind you. If you ever should find yourself in a situation like that, and it's not very likely at all. But if, if so, please, for the sake of everybody, leave your things behind.
2: Patrick Smith, thanks for joining us today. I know we're going to talk to you again. Have a good time and have a good trip to, in Africa. Bye-bye.
3: Thanks, Rudy. Anytime.
2: We'll be right back right after these messages more on that accident in San Francisco.
0: Rudy Maxa's world is coming right back, so get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com.
5: Ever wonder how you can travel like a rock star at a fraction of the cost? Truth is, being lucky in travel takes a little research. Written by Reader's Digest, Travel Guard presents the Smart Spender's Travel Guide, your resource to hundreds of tips from Reader's Digest's popular travel articles. Learn what to pack, how to avoid expensive travel mistakes, and more. Request a free copy of Smart Spender's Travel Guide at TravelGuard.com. We need your email address. All travel advice in this guide is provided by Reader's Digest and as such does not represent the views or opinions of TravelGuard. TravelGuard is a licensed provider of travel insurance and assistance service plans. Learn more at TravelGuard.com.
6: Several research studies show that people who are on the same diet and exercise program lose three to four times as much weight when taking 1,100 milligrams of pure green coffee extract than they do when not taking it. So if you are serious about losing weight, call Longevity Medical Clinic to order your bottle of pure green coffee extract at 866 866- 866 Eight six nine sixty eight sixty four 869 6864 extension 1. That's 866-869-6864, extension 1. Or order online at lmclinic.com. That's lmclinic.com.
0: participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to
2: RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back. It's 33 minutes after the hour. We continue our conversation about that hard landing, um, our crash, the crash landing last weekend just after I went off the air um, uh, I'm doing the show live on Saturday morning. I know a lot of our stations time shift our show to later on Saturday and as well as on Sunday, so... If that's when you listen, that's why you didn't hear me talking about it, because it happened after uh, after we had done the show. Dr. Todd Curtis is an aviation safety expert. He's the founder and publisher of a website called airsafe.com. It uh, keeps an eye on airline safety, security, and policy. He's a former safety engineer with Boeing who worked on the uh, 777, in fact, and uh, has quite a bit of knowledge about um, uh, what went into the building of that plane. Todd, welcome to the show. Nice to have you back.
7: Oh, thanks for having me.
2: So there are some things that made that, that uh, you know, we were just talking with our, our friend Patrick Smith, the pilot with a major U.S. airline here, and I'm sure you know his Askthepilot.com column. Um, we were talking about, you know, the good news about the number of people. So far we have three deceased uh, uh, folks from that flight, um, about the number of people who survived. Uh, what in the design of the 777, when you were working, at, what, what, what accounts for that, that, part of, that good news part of that, this bad news?
7: actually several design features, some of which were explicitly put in there for an event like this. Uh, For example, uh, as as you probably know by now, the landing gear hit the seawall and were torn away from the aircraft. They're actually designed to tear away cleanly in a situation like that, so you don't have the likelihood of a ruptured fuel tank. And in fact, the fuel tanks on both wings stayed intact in spite of the wild gyrations it went through. Uh, That was just one of the things that made it more survivable in a crash Uh, another was the institution starting in nineteen eighty eight really every newly certified aircraft had to have installed what are called sixteen g seats that is seats that can withstand up to sixteen times the force of gravity in certain directions uh, allowing them to uh, remain bolted to the floor and not fly about the cabin in case of a of a crash like this and initially it looks as though the back half of the aircraft had some fairly severe damage to the flooring, but there's no indication that you had uh, large groups of seats uh, tearing themselves away from the floor and flying about.
2: Do you know? Be, let me interrupt you, Todd, just for a moment right, before you uh, continue to list some of the the good news. Um, d- do you know what? Uh, how many g forces earlier versions of seats were 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 meant to withstand, or was there no set uh, criteria? Uh,
7: prior to the 1988 rule, the standard was nine g seats. Uh, that so is, it almost fact, doubled almost double. In fact, aircraft produced after 1988 b- which were certified before 1988 were still allowed to have the 9G seats, but over time even those planes had to change to the 16G seats.
2: So that's good news. Okay, I interrupted you. I, I have a feeling you have a couple more things about the interior or the construction of that uh, plane that uh, helped... Well, one account of the basic, avatis.
7: also a, a basic requirement of the FAA, that is, any aircraft that's certified You had to be able to evacuate everyone within 90 seconds, with only half the exits working. Now point of fact, in this event, there was not an initial fire, and in fact the crew uh, said not to evacuate the aircraft at first. It wasn't until about a minute and a half later, when a flight attendant noted a fire, that they started evacuation. But in spite of that, even though you had one door that was completely broken off in the crash, and two slides that actually deployed inside of the aircraft. You had at least three of the five exits inoperable to begin with. Uh, the remaining exits, and I believe they used uh, maybe only three of those five, they were able to evacuate everyone in plenty of time.
2: Amazing. Um, how about the interior, the flammability of of, of uh, the seats and carpeting and so on?
7: Well, the seats and carpeting uh, are required to have material that doesn't burn as readily, and when it does burn, doesn't kick off as many noxious fumes that could incapacitate uh, passengers. Now, in this case, according to initial reports, all the passengers were, most of the passengers were out, rather, before smoke and flame impinged inside of the cabin. So in this case, it may have prevented the fire from spreading a few seconds earlier, and every second counts, especially since the flight attendants had to extract two of their fellow flight attendants who were trapped by those slides using the same fire extinguishers they were fighting the fire with. So uh, I believe the improvements probably gave them enough time for themselves and the rescuers to get those two flight attendants out.
2: Any idea why two uh, emergency shoots would deploy inside the plane rather than shooting out?
7: Well, that's something that the NTSB and Boeing will definitely look at. And, in fact, um, if you've seen the video that was shot by someone nearby the airport, you saw that the airplane had the initial strike and then turned almost a complete 360. And at one Mm. point, the back end of the aircraft was, I'm estimating, 30 to 50 feet off the air. Then it slammed down on the ground. Witnesses inside the plane, flight attendants said that there were two distinct shocks to the aircraft, one the initial and one at the end, and the two slides deployed internally after that second shock. So uh, one thing that will be looked at is did the design of that particular airplane help prevent that sort of thing, or is this a new crash mode, so to speak, that will have to be designed around so that in a similar accident in the future, you won't have that accidental discharge.
2: Well, Dr. Curtis, you only have about 20 seconds left, but you must be feeling, uh, I mean, maybe proud is the wrong word, but but uh, pleased that some of the safety engineering that went into that aircraft that you were involved in uh, helped save so many lives.
7: Oh, myself and the people I work with are very happy with that and even more happy that the industry as a whole is instituting these rules across the board.
2: Terrific. Dr. Todd Curtis uh, curates the website airsafe.com. Check it out. Todd, we'll, we'll be talking to you again, I have no doubt.
7: Oh, thank you again.
2: Thank you. We'll be right back in Rudy Max's World after this break.
0: Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at
6: rudymaxa.com. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband, James, and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free
0: limited number of free programs available call now 1-800-458-1033 1-800-458-1033 that's 1-800-458-1033 1-800-458-1033
6: are you ready to get away this summer then stay at America's best value inn and you might find yourself playing in Las Vegas. Join our value club for the chance to win monthly travel prizes or the grand prize, a four-night VIP stay at the D Las Vegas, a Lexington Legacy Hotel on famous Fremont Street. Sign up at americasbestvalueinn.com and get away. Stay and play this summer.
1: Attention men, if you're urinating more often, or waking at night to urinate, we want to send you a free bottle of Beta Prostate. Beta Prostate is our best-selling supplement made with a natural ingredient that supports healthy urine flow and more complete bladder emptying. It's also been shown to reduce waking at night from the urge to urinate. To find out how to get your free bottle just call 800-466-5523 Since Beta Prostate debuted, our warehouse has shipped over 2 million bottles but there are still men who have yet to discover this amazing supplement. That's why for a limited time, you can try a full 30-day supply of beta prostate free. You only pay shipping and handling. This free beta prostate giveaway is only available while supplies last. And once it's gone, it's gone. Just call 800-466-5523. That's 800-466-5523. Call 800 466 Five, five, two, three.
6: Several research studies show that people who are on the same diet and exercise program lose three to four times as much weight when taking 1,100 milligrams of pure green coffee extract than they do when not taking it. So if you are serious about losing weight, call Longevity Medical Clinic to order your bottle of pure green coffee extract at 866-869-6864, extension 1. That's 866-869-6864, extension 1. Or order online at lmclinic.com. That's lm clinic.com
0: got a question or comment need advice jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at rudymaxa.com now
2: back to rudy max's world have you got a butler? Everyone needs a butler. You know, everyone really, really does need a butler. It's 43 minutes after the hour in Rudy Max's world. Nice to have you aboard. Um, Devin Antonetti is a freelance travel writer and blogger, and she wrote recently in the Huffington Post about hotel butlers. Hotels are trying to uh, each outdo, it, outdo each other in, in, in the attempt to uh, have a butler for very specialized services. Is that your takeaway on that story, Devin?
4: Yeah, yeah, I think what these hotels try to do is really give you an all-encompassing experience and just try to give you the best service to to keep drawing you in. And there there are a lot of creative ways they've been doing it.
2: What are some of the examples of of hotel butlers that are on offer around the world?
4: Um, Well, the St. Regis Hotel is very famous for all of its butler services. They have a surf butler at their hotel in Orange County. Um, A surf butler? What, What? (laughs) <laughs> yeah surf butler they will get they will get your boards ready they'll give you lessons they'll they'll give you the whole surf experience and um you know they have we have fragrance butlers at the rosewood hotels soap butlers firewood butlers
2: becca back up back, becca, back, what does a fragrance butler do
4: um they will depending on which hotel you're at because they do try to match it to the hotel so for example the Carlisle in new york they will um they have a selection of different fragrance, fragrances, and they will try to match it uh, based on the feel you're going for. So they have; it's a very old world old world hotel. So they have the Hermes and the Chanel perfumes. And,
2: wait a minute! Um, wait a minute! So are they are they are they suggesting fragrances that you wear out that evening for dinner as a man or a woman, or are they suggesting room fragrances? What I don't understand.
4: <laughs> um, it's, yeah, the perfumes for for the guests.
2: So, are they selling you that perfume then?
4: Um, they're they're allowing you to wear it out. They're they're just sort of um, providing it for you. I don't
2: oh, I, you like they might bring a tray in. The buy
4: them. Yeah, bring so a they tray bring in. A tr- and-
2: <laughs> I see. I remember bring checking into a, yeah, I remember checking into a hotel decades ago in Hong Kong. and They brought a whole basket of designer soaps. I mean, very expensive soaps, Hermes and so on, that you could choose to use obviously in, in the bathroom during your stay. I see. So they'll actually bring a selection of. Stuff you can spritz on. Uh, you don't keep it, obviously, yeah. but you use it, and that's it. Yeah, what hotel that, does that? Rosewood hotels.
4: Yeah, the Rosewood hotels do this, and uh, they actually have soap butlers at the Viceroy hotels. So they'll give you, will give you the the right soap for you.
2: At the Viceroy hotels. Yeah. Okay, and you mentioned a couple others very quickly. So we got the, we got the surf butler, we got the fragrance butler, we have the soap butlers. know don't, don't we have, do we have pillow butlers.
4: We do. Uh, the Benjamin oh, Hotel, goodness. actually. Yeah, a lot of hotels have um, pillow menus. So before you even go, you can choose what pillows you want and different uh, wh- whatever your sleep comfort is. But at the Benjamin Hotel, they actually have a sleep concierge for you, for your dog, and for your kids.
2: No. The, by the way, the Benjamin Hotel is in New York on Central it's Park South, York, yes. just just on Central Park South, just below the Met Building, by uh, by the train station, um, Grand Central Station. Um, so, w- they, 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 give me the, for your dog, yeah, they'll
4: they'll they'll find a, a nice dog bed for your dog. Give give him mm-hmm. any um, treats for you know evening treats before bed um walk him make sure you know he's walked and ready for bed and he's he's gonna be comfortable right before he, he lays down.
2: Will a butler actually walk your dog in New York at the Benjamin Hotel? Yes they will. Is there an extra charge for this these butler services?
4: Um sometimes there aren't. It depends on the Because again the Saint Regis, all this butler service is included. Um Benjamin Hotel, it's all included also all of the Affinia hotels also have the um the sleep services so so they want, they want you to be comfortable in your stay, and they'll include that in the room rate.
2: Right? The St. Regis Hotel butlers, I gather, having stayed once at a St. Regis, they're sort of general all-around butlers. I mean, they'll draw your bath, they'll unpack your luggage or pack it for you. Am I correct?
4: Yes. Yes, they will. Everyone has a personal butler at the St. Regis.
2: you got to love that. you got to love that. Are there any, any other strange, uh, strange butlers that we didn't cover?
4: Um, well, I, one of my favorites that I got to learn about was the guacamoleologist. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> this is at the Ritz-Carlton, Dallas, and every night they have a guacamole session where they'll have a chef come in uh, with farm-to-table ingredients, seasonal recipes, and you make a unique daily recipe of guacamole that day and do a tasting.
2: I love that. Uh, I, there's a hotel on the Upper East Side of New York. I'm trying to remember the name. Um where, where they will have uh, they'll come up and, and mix drinks a mixologist will come to your room and show you how to mix drinks uh,
4: I'm not sure which one that is on the Upper East Side but they do I know Miami has a lot of those
2: <laughs> oh, of course, oh, my yeah, of, course. Hey, Devin, of
4: course they need an
2: ecologist. of course in Miami they do. hey Devin thanks for giving us a glimpse into the butler life in hotels appreciate it of
4: course
2: thank you you can read Devin's article in the Huffington Post we'll put a link on my Facebook fan page Rudy Maxa Travel Slash Leisure
0: The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com.
2: Here again is Rudy Maxa. Travel, 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 travel. We talk travel all every weekend on the same time, same station here in Rudy Maxa's world. A Dubai court this week sentenced a fake Saudi prince to five years in prison for kidnapping a Dutch tourist who thought he was meeting the prince, who of course turned out not to be a prince to buy $10 million worth of gold. Instead, the con man met him at a restaurant, ordered him not to look directly at him because commoners supposedly aren't allowed to look a prince in the eye when talking. Then he took the Dutchman to an apartment, beat him, and tried to rape him. Now, I'm sure there's a lesson all travelers can learn from this, but I'm frankly not sure what it is. How many of us are in a position to buy $10 million worth of gold? Apparently, these tourists had the check with him, so he must have been a major player. And while we're in that part of the world, Dubai World, an investment company, paid 100 million dollars 6 years ago to buy the QE2 cruise ship when Cunard retired it from service. The plan was to turn it into a luxury hotel and anchor it permanently on the tip of Dubai's famous palm-shaped man-made island, but the economic downturn put the kibosh on that. Now the investment group is going to put another $90 million into refurbishing the cruise liner at a Chinese shipyard. Then it's going to be sold to an as-yet unnamed Asian country, where it will let down its gangplank to finally welcome guests. Well, that's the plan anyway. Dubai World hopes to recoup its investment in 10 years. And apparently Myanmar is optimistic that the world's tourists will be headed its way since it's begun to relax its military grip on the country, the country formerly known as Burma. This week announced it will go ahead with the construction of a new international airport that will be able to handle 12 million passengers a year by the time it opens in late 2017. But it can be expanded to accommodate 35 million more over time. By comparison, one of America's busiest airports, the lovely Dulles International outside of Washington, D.C., handles 23 million passengers a year. All right, let's do a couple of deals of the week here. We got that sounder there, Jeff? Mm-hmm. The magic cash register means you're going to save some money while you're traveling. Here's a quick one in New York City. If you're going to go spend a weekend in New York in July or August, consider the Parker Meridian, a beautiful uh, hotel on 56th and 57th Street. You can enter e- either way, as I recall, right, right off Fifth Avenue. Uh, if you book by midnight, July 15th, that would be Monday, you're going to get a room starting at about $249 a night over select July and August weekends. I don't know what August July and August weekends are, but go to Parker Meridian, M E R I D I A N, parkermeridian.com and check it out. 249 a night. Now, remember by the time you add taxes, it'll come closer to 290, but uh, it's still a great price for Manhattan and it's a very nice hotel. Princess Cruises is staging a balcony bonanza sale. You get a free upgrade to a balcony through July 24th on sailings from Asia, Australia, New Zealand, Tahiti, and the South Pacific and South America. Here are some examples of deals. You can take an Australian New Zealand cruise for 12 days. You'll pay 999 for an interior, 1699 for a balcony. So I guess that means if you pay that by the 999 interior, you'll get upgraded for and save 600 bucks on a balcony. The Andes and South American cruise, 17 days long. There you go. That's a that's a vacation through South America around South America. 17 days, 1200 bucks for an interior cabin. These are per person, I presume. $1,700 for balcony. Malaysian Indonesia cruise for 10 days, 12, $1,299 interior cabin. Tahiti Polynesia 10 days, $1,399 for an interior and Hawaiian Tahiti cruise for 28 days. You got a month you need to kill in some sunny climb. You can do Hawaii and T- Tahiti for 28 days, $3,000 for an interior. I guess with the upgrade, uh, that'll get you a balcony that you'd normally have to pay another $2,000 for. Uh, this sale runs until, as I said, July 24th midnight Pacific time. So you got a book in the next what, week, ten days or so. It's available to residents of Canada, Puerto Rico, and the US and New Mexico. You can go to Princess dot com and find out more details. We have some I uh, had some first class oh yeah, some premium class oh I mentioned this last week but I think it's worth mentioning again the these uh, premium class sales on Lot, the Polish Airline. Um, it's flying its Boeing seven eighty seven Dreamliner, if it's not grounded like a couple of the others were this week, but uh so it's offering some premium-class bargains from its New York JFK and Chicago O'Hare getway, gateways Excuse me to Europe. Uh, round-trip premium economy fares on the Dreamliner start at $1,700 out of New York. Business-class business fares are only $2,900, actually a little less. But that's an amazing price. It's round-trip business-class Europe, $2,900. Uh, from O'Hare, it's uh, $1,800 round-trip. Business-class uh, starts at 3100 You've got to buy your tickets by July 16th, so that's real soon as well. July 16th for itineraries that depart by August 24th for premium economy or August 31st in business class. You have to buy 21 days in advance, and in business class there's a 7-day stay minimum. Premium economy only requires a 7-day advance purchase and a Sunday stay, so go check the Elite Club page at uh, L.O.T., Lot Airlines. Not a bad deal. Ritz Carlton Rewards has announced a summer 2013 promotion. It's got some asterisks to it, as these always do, but you get a free one-night certificate valid at tier one and three Ritz hotels, Ritz Carlton hotels, if you stay two times at Ritz Carlton—not two nights, but two separate times, between now and October 31st. You can earn a maximum of two free nights under this promotion, but you must register first at Ritz-Carlton.com. uh... And keep in mind, not all Ritz Carlton hotels will accept the certificates for that free night. Only those uh in the category one through three. But those are very nice hotels and there's a whole lot of them. But some of the more expensive cities like New York, the Ritz Carlton will not do that. So check that out. Uh if you want to email me, you can do so anytime by writing me at Rudy at RudyMaxa dot com. I'd love to have you drop any ideas you have for guests or topics or you have some travel questions. When you call our 800 number, which is 800-387-8025, if you have a travel question, you may well get a recording if we're not on the air. Um, If you ask a question that might be of uh, interest to our larger audience, we may actually have you on the air to talk about it. So just leave me your name, number, and the best time generally to call you. I'll figure out the time zone from your area code. We'll be right back after about a six-minute break of your stations leaving us after this first hour. We'll see you here again next week. Otherwise, stay tuned for another hour of Travel Talk.